With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Your source for all things Detroit Red Wings and Chicago Blackhawks. With your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Kevin Musto. You're listening to the Stickblade Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of the Stickblade Podcast. It's a Detroit Red Wings and Chicago Blackhawks Red Rivals podcast. We cover all things Detroit Red Wings, all things Chicago Blackhawks, and then general news around the NHL. show's been on hiatus for the past couple weeks. The coronavirus really is starting to take a toll and sort of letting us know what we can expect for the league moving forward for the next coming months. Um, With that being said, though, I... I'm your host for tonight, Jordan Linscott, and I'm going to be joined by my co-hosts, David Barnhouse and Nickel Page. On uh, tonight's schedule, we're going to be talking about the Wings and the Hawks in terms of the organizations and what they've been doing for not only just their facilities, but the employees that they employ for arena management. Um, Alexis Lafrenier speaking highly of the Wings organization. Jonathan Taves making his own personal contribution towards the Corona relief effort, uh, the United Center essentially being turned into a hub for treatment in Chicago. And then after all of that, we're going to be talking about just the NHL draft lottery, what we think will happen moving forward for this year, draft picks traded through trade free agency for deadline moves. And then even just the NHL playoff format moving forward, because it's going to be a lot different now that we've missed a pretty substantial amount of games. So with all of that being said, let's just get into it, guys. First and foremost, good on the Red Wings and the Blackhawks organizations. Both of them have said that they're going to pay their employees at the arena, despite the fact that there aren't games going on and they're not drawing in revenue at this point. This is just classy by them, and it's good to see these organizations not throw their employees out into the cold like a certain other organization, which I'm not going to know. Boston. Boston. Shame. <laughs> Like a certain other organization that we all know. Oh. Not naming names, though. Not naming names. Of course, we would never name names on this podcast. Don't dox them. <laughs> At um, Boston Bruins. Obviously, this is a uh, a great piece of news for these employees. I mean, what were you guys' initial reactions to this? I mean, for me, the Illich family has always done so much for Detroit, regardless of what's happening on. I mean, they donate a lot of money to charities. They do a lot of great things for the community. Um, so this is just another thing they're doing. Um, they're donating a lot of money um, to their workers that are being affected by this uh, with the $1 million fund that they set up. Um, and I believe they'll probably do, be doing more. I wouldn't be surprised if they utilize the LCA as a place, as a hub like uh, 
the Blackhawks are using United Center for. Yeah, and as for the Blackhawks standpoint, you know, it's great to see Rocky Words get out in front of it. And he was one of the first owners to come up and say he was going to pay his players, which if you know the Blackhawks history, you know that Rocky Words' father, Bill Words, was often known as being cheap and really just would do the minimum to get by and make his dollars. That's why they called him Dollar Bill. But Rocky Wurst is uh, clearly not like his dad in this scenario. He's going out making sure, looking out for his employees, their families, and everything like that. And it, it good on the Blackhawks, good on the Red Wings. And it's great to see it. Uh, most of the most of the NHL teams follow this standpoint. And, you know, it's a shame for the one or two out there that aren't really going to help out their employees. <laughs> the Boston Bruins, sorry. Oh, man, you got a terrible cold. I do. I do. Might need some clam chata. <laughs> uh, um, also, no, I mean, Jonathan Taves himself even made a uh, personal contribution. What was it? Was, was it 100000 I think? Yes, Jonathan Taves donated 100000 to coronavirus relief, which is great. And then also to add on to that, the Blackhawks started their own little fund. Uh Basically, all the players were posting on their social medias. Uh, they started the Chicago Blackhawks Foundation in supporting the Chicago Community COVID nineteen Response Fund, which is that's great. You know, there's uh, so the the Blackhawks themselves also put about a hundred thousand dollars to the fund. So it's great to see again just a stand up first class organization taking these steps and helping out the community, their fans, and just residents in the city of Chicago. I mean, it's not the Red Wings, um, but it's Detroit sports. Like Blake Griffin donated $100,000 to help cover the wages. The Staffords, led by his uh, Matthew Stafford and his wife, Kelly Stafford, have been buying out food from restaurants for first responders and um, hospital workers to feed them during this time when they have to go into work to help people. Um, so, yeah, I think just athletes in general um, – have been doing a lot to help people out but yeah like the the staffords and blake griffin from the pistons have been donating money too i mean that's one thing we kind of don't really think about i mean i we know that these athletes are making a lot of money but it's nice to see you know at the end of the day they haven't let that inflate their egos to the i'm better than you stance i mean I think it'd definitely be easy to get to that point when you're making, you know, almost $10 million plus a year. And it's great to see these players and these organizations not forget where they came from. Yeah. And I think it's the people around them too. Like to go back to Matthew Stafford, like him and his wife do so much for the Detroit community. And I think she's really invested in it. I know they um, celebrate Christmas with families that have been through traumatic experiences like this past year, Um, a family lost their dad. And they went and had Christmas and brought them presents and Stafford crushed the kids in Madden. So it's just seeing them be above what their name is and what their paycheck is to kind of give to the community. And that's the, the, that's the athletes that we aspire to, you know, follow and love. And when this whole coronavirus pandemic first started, you seen how the athletes were responding to the idea of fans not being able to go to the games, and they really didn't want to play these games in front of no fans. I mean, this point of professional sports is to entertain their fans and hundreds of thousands of people around the world, and they didn't want to play it if there's no fans there. So it really goes to show most of these athletes what 
the fans mean to them and what the everyday people mean to them. I mean, they are they're everyday people themselves. It's just they have a superior talent, and it's great to see that they don't look at themselves different than everyday people like you and I. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a casual professional wrestling fan, and they're still like going out there into like their small little setting, like their small performance centers, and wrestling and doing everything in a ring with no fans, and it's really just awkward <laughs> to watch. Um, the as far as I know, that's the uh, like the main Wings and Hawks news this week. Um, like I said, the NHL's been kind of slow. Um, just a just a quick input, Jordan. We you briefly uh, went over the Blackhawks allowing the United Center to become, or well, basically just the United Center becoming a hub for COVID nineteen patients, and I if that is a telling sign of something like I I don't know if the season is going to come back. Like it, yeah. The way this disease lasts long on objects like metal, plastic, and everything like that, there there's. That is not a promising sign that the season's going to come back because if coronavirus patients are going to the United Center and waiting around and getting tested, who knows if they even plan on starting the season back up. I mean, even after this is all over, I mean, I'd imagine they're going to have to completely sanitize and disinfect the entire place. That's not a small task by any means. I mean, these arenas are humongous having to clean every, well, I mean, I'm not sure if they're allowing people into like the actual seats, but even so you've still got contact around like the railings, the stairs, all like the kiosks and everything inside the arena. I mean, even just clean up from that is going to be probably at least a month. Yeah. And it's an airborne disease. It'll spread through the air. So it's, it sucks that the way the signs are going and the, steps that are being taken right now it's not looking promising for the nhl to start back up this year um before we talk about what's going to happen if the nhl doesn't uh start up for the rest of the year uh (laughs) one last thing i kind of want to just touch on which is red wings related i guess technically uh alexis lafreniere who is at this point still the consensus first overall pick in this year's draft um, basically he was in an interview after he had a chance to reunite with Joe Valeno basically said, you know, he had fun getting back playing with them and that he thought really highly of the Red Wings organization. And I mean, yes, you can say every first overall pick says that of every organization that they go or are set to go to. Unless it's the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> who was the, uh, the hockey player who did that? Cause there was somebody who did that a couple years ago. Oh God. Uh, uh, I think Barkov almost retired when he got drafted by the Panthers and went back to Russia. I think that I think he pulled that off. That's hilarious. Eli Manning with the Chargers. <laughs> Eric, Eric Lindros, if you're thinking like the '90s. Yep, Eric Lindros did it too. But no, Lafreniere, like I would kill to see him on the winged wheel and have him on the same line as Valeno. Like it would be magical. Just that, that's a great sign for Detroit moving forward if Detroit actually does get first overall this year, which, I mean, technically speaking, isn't guaranteed, but draft lottery is the likely scenario. Like, they have the highest chance of first overall. Yep. Um, but let's move on to the rest of the league at this point. So since we recorded two players from the Ottawa Senators and two players from the Colorado Avalanche have tested positive for the coronavirus. And obviously, you know, like our thoughts go out to those players and 
I haven't suffered it myself, or at least if I have suffered it, I wasn't aware that I had it at the time. So I don't know. It affects everybody differently from what I understand, but that's got to be scary. Yeah, I mean, especially for everybody else in the locker room, too, because they spent timeless hours with these guys, days with these guys, weeks. And, yeah, I mean, now everybody's at risk. Obviously, these players don't know it because some people just don't show symptoms to it, but they still carry the virus. So, yeah, scary thoughts. I I like that the teams are kind of not really disclosing who these players are just to keep their business private because, I mean, it's their health and nobody else should be worried about it besides the, their families and those players. So I like that the uh, those the Avalanche and the Senators are keeping quiet on who it is. Obviously, I, think, like, I agree, Nick. I think it's good that they're keeping this private. I wouldn't want my personal medical information being leaked out to the news because then it starts to it just really opens up this huge can of worms that you don't want opened where if one player gets sick, they start throwing names around and blame starts getting thrown around and it just gets ugly really quickly. Unlike the NBA player who was touching all the microphones and being an idiot when this first started happening. Rudy Gobert. Yep. I'd like to think most hockey players have more intelligence than that. No, I mean, even during Patrick Kane was being interviewed and he actually like touched his face. He's like, oh, and like in the middle of the interview, he stopped. He's like, oh, I forgot they told me I can't touch my face. Oh, so it's so ridiculous. Like I tried to like, when I was teaching, like right before they said that they're shutting schools down, it was like that Friday. And I was like, I want to count how many times I touch my face. I lost count after my first period. I'm like, oh God, I'm going to die. Go ahead, let me finish that. Sorry. I'm like, I'm like, if this was like a like, crazy like black plague type thing i'd be dead and <laughs> yeah, not to get too off topic but you never know how much how many times you touch your face a day until we like this started i touch mm-hmm. my face probably once every two minutes like i i don't know what to do with my hands i guess i don't know it's just <laughs> crazy that like i'll I, rub my beard i'll like rub my temple but i'm just like god i keep touching my face it's it's one of those addicting weird feelings that we do for no reason at all. Yep. Sorry, Jordan. Oh, that's all right, but no, I sh- I really thought that, that was great that the organizations kept these players anonymous. I mean, like you said, this is nobody else's business but theirs, and like I said, blame starts getting thrown around if players get sick. Guys' names start coming out in the media, and all of a sudden there are these questions of, like, did this person know? Did they not say anything when they knew? So I just think it's great. And just I I don't know for sure if there's a precedent in place, but if not, I think this should be the precedent going forward for incidents like this. Mm-hmm. I think it helps avoid a lot of bad scenarios. Yeah, don't isolate individuals. Just let them go about their business and get healthy. Um. Moving on to the league now outside of the virus. And this is kind of a light episode because there's not much to talk about. I mean, the league's been shut down now for a couple weeks. One thing I kind of, or a couple things I really want to talk about the lottery, the draft lottery picks that were traded at the deadline, and then the format moving forward. Um, Nick, you're walking me through it earlier, right before we started recording. Uh, walk me through the playoff format that you've heard being proposed. Yeah, uh, a Russian reporter. He's a KHL reporter, but he also has a lot of inside news. Igor Orenko said, "Hearing he tweeted out on March 16th, hearing the NHL considers 24 teams to get to the playoffs, 
with a playoff round to be played if the season is going to be resumed, of course. So with that with that being tweeted out, there is scenarios being played out, and they would obviously keep things even in each conference, so probably 12 teams each conference. So if that was the case, we'd have the Capitals, Flyers, Penguins, Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, Islanders, Rangers, Bruins, Lightning, Leafs, Panthers, Canadians making it in the Eastern. And for the Western, we'd have the Blues, Avalanche, Stars, Jets, Predators, Wild, Vegas Golden Knights, Edmonton Oilers, Flames, Canucks, Coyotes, and the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> so you guys would be eligible for the playoffs again. Run yeah, the table. Yeah. Just run the table. I mean, to, just to put it in perspective, the Blackhawks are currently sitting at a 2.5% chance to make the playoffs. So this would be a gift and a miracle and a half. David, obviously we're out of the playoff picture by a long shot, so it doesn't oh, matter to us. What's your opinion on this playoff format? I'm fine with it. It would make things exciting to end the year. I mean, it's been a really sad, depressing time right now, and people have been missing sports. So I think this little shakeup to end the season would probably be entertaining and could draw in more fans. Yeah, everybody everybody talks about how much they love playoff hockey, so you just get a lot more of it. I like the uh, the idea a lot. I I think 24 is not a bad place to start with. I think it'd be interesting, though, for sure, with the draft lottery because of the fact that some teams weren't sellers because they knew they were going to be out of the playoffs. So you had this weird game almost of these teams that were just outside the playoff picture stayed together and might actually have a chance to compete still. I think that'd be kind of an interesting to, like, thing to look at for this playoff picture if it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's definitely be a little change, obviously, to what we're used to. That's eight more teams. Realistically, they're just eliminating the seven teams that were officially eliminated from the playoffs. So, but yeah, no. it's gonna go ahead. What would, the ga- what would the game setup be? It wouldn't be seven game series because that's no, absolutely that's, not. I think you'd have to do like best, best of three, three or best That'd of be five. Exciting. Yeah. Like you win one that. game and it's just nuts. I don't even think that at this point. I feel like unless you play one it back. Yeah, if you play back to backs, maybe in the later rounds, that would be exciting as hell. Maybe one like a like an NCAA tournament, you get one game to prove you want to to prove you advance, and then as you get closer to the later rounds, you do like a five game series, and then make the Stanley Cup a seven game series. They didn't really go into details with that. I'm down with that. I think you could do best of three the first two rounds, and then after that, you do best of five. I mean, it, it really it all depends. I mean. You got the MLB announcing that they might not start their season until May. So this is just this sucks. Excuse me, it does. The only thing I go ahead, Uh, I mean, how does that even work though for teams that were set to have lottery odds? I mean, like, how do the lottery odds for the draft get affected at that point? Because I mean. The whole thing behind having a chance at the first overall pick or even top three picks is based on the fact that you didn't get a chance to play in the playoffs, so you're going to get the chance to get a like a high end like player through prospect systems. I mean, do they then have to uh, like alter the draft lottery odds for the picks? Like, do all of the odds from those player or from those teams that made the playoffs now get spread evenly among the teams that are still out of the picture? Like, how do you? Like, how do you guys think that would shake out? I feel like it'd be like the once you get down to the final 16 that are left, like the normal playoffs, 
So the first eight eliminated, that's where the lottery odds will be cut off. I feel like that's the most logical sense, but who am I? <laughs> what do you think they'd do, David? Do you think they'd just uh, cut it off like that, or do you think they would just essentially move the percentage points over to the guaranteed guys who are still out? I don't know. I'd say cut it off. Okay. Um well, yeah, you're a little biased there, though. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one thing we didn't, or the one thing I wouldn't like about the Blackhawks making the playoffs here is that probably saves Stan Bowman and Jeremy Carlton's job another year. That pissed me off. <laughs> but you're in the playoffs. I don't give a shit. No one these guys gone. But what if you run the table and win it all? There you go. They get their jobs for life. That's uh, uh, I would take the championship and deal with Stan then. <laughs> yeah. But then you'd also be stuck with Jeremy Colleton. Who knows? Maybe that makes him grow a set of balls or coach is good and going for it and just confidence is there and best coach of all time. <laughs> um, so we kind of talked about, you know, the playoff format and the draft lottery in regards to this shortened season. I mean, what do you think happens, though, to draft picks that are basically traded through – the uh, the trade system before free agency of the season because I mean if we have playoffs obviously those teams will or they should keep those players for playoff runs but if we don't have a playoff system this year I mean do those draft picks go back to the teams who I, traded those players away I mean we're still having the draft so I actually think now that I thought about it that it stays the way it is yeah Unless the player's contract is expiring, then maybe there can be some talks. But I feel like draft picks stay. Well, one thing is for sure is they're not going to make players put another year on their contract because that is going to start a whole new controversy if they try to even enforce that. Oh, yeah, the Players Association would fight that. No, I don't think – there's no way you could really reverse a trade because then, like, the teams made that trade – I mean, there was still hockey played after, like, not much, but there was still hockey played after the trade deadline. And those play, like, those teams traded those players and their picks for a certain reason. And I mean, you wouldn't really be complaining if the player got injured. It's kind of happens. And this is just another freak circumstance. I almost think that's kind of how it has to be. I mean, that sucks for the teams that were buyers at the deadline because you're out picks now. But I mean,. There's nothing really else that you can do at this point because, I mean, like you said, freak accidents happen. You know, a couple of days after a trade happens, and those picks are gone, and the player that you traded for is not there for your playoffs. It's, I mean, I feel like maybe the teams will be compensated somehow, maybe like a compensation pick in the draft, but it's not worth compared to what they gave up or what they acquired, but I mean, they're going to just kind of have to deal with it because everybody is suffering a loss in this situation. As far as I can tell, there's not really anything else to talk about. I mean, unfortunately, like I said, hockey's been gone for what a couple weeks now. Oh yeah. Uh, 16 days. I think today uh, we do have, I mean, they postponed the NHL awards and the draft to a later date that we don't know about. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess we can talk about that for a second. I mean, the NHL awards is, that one doesn't really. I, mean, I I feel like it's not super newsworthy. I mean, I everyone gets up on their sta- on the stage, you know, they accept the award, and yeah, it's great for the players. But in terms of actually affecting, like you know, the play on the ice that we see, it's not huge. The scouting combine, the draft is the bigger one. Yeah, this the draft combine is the big one. I mean, 
Yeah. Looking at it, though, do you guys think that that moving back has potential to affect draft positions of anybody? I mean, it's only going to be a short amount of time, so it's not like these players are going to be making leaps and bounds in terms of, you know, size growth or, you know, speed or accuracy or anything like that. But it is more time for these uh, scouting staffs to get looks at these players and really look them over. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, there's going to be some players maybe affected by it. I mean, you can pretty much lock the top 10 picks in right now, but it it's uh, after that, it's kind of tough. I mean, who knows what could happen? Maybe a freak incident off the ice or more tape comes out where it affects draft stock. So, yeah, I mean, that could be a possibility. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just uh, like drafts late June. We might not see a draft until August. God, it's crazy. <laughs> and to backtrack one more time, sorry, Jordan. I, I just these thoughts are kind of going. I know it's, we're, I'm a little out of sync after two week hiatus, <laughs> but uh, another thing to consider for the season even being started back: these players are sitting at home right now, not training. They're not able to do nothing. They're not skating. It's going to take another like when you think about training camp and stuff for the season. These players are preparing all off season, and then they have the training camp. From going to doing nothing to going to play a professional sport like the in the NHL, that's going to take another month to get back in gear, another two, three weeks at least. So that's a, that that's another consideration to delay because you can't just have these players go from sitting on their couch, being locked down in their and sheltered in their home to going out on the ice and playing a professional sport. No, I mean, like a lot of the teams and the players have released videos on like you know like Facebook or Twitter and. A lot of them, like you said, are just sitting at home, sort of having to wait this out. I mean, I would think most of them probably have some form of, you know, like training equipment in their house, like, you know, like free weights, benches and machines. But it's not the same as, you know, a professional coach training with you on the ice or on the field going over drills. It's just it's not the same. Yeah. When you think they set a deadline, like if the season, if there's no end of insight with this virus, I, I heard maybe April 20th is when they just cut it off and cut their losses with the season. I would think that's probably a good time frame because it's right around when the playoffs would start. I think if it's not done by May 1st, we should ju- it should be considered a wrap. I mean, I feel like that's just too close to any sort of like draft combine and the preseason. You just sort of get scrunched together at that point, and you're almost just – you're putting a lot of stress on these players really quickly and nobody's getting a chance to rest after that. So I feel like if it's not by May 1st, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Because then you, I mean, we all know the NHL is the least, sadly it's the least popular of the four major sports in the United States. And then that goes into consideration of competing with other sports for viewerships because you got the NBA, you got the NFL coming up around then whenever the playoffs would be with their, draft stuff and off-season plans. They got the MLB getting in full year. So that, that'd just be a lot of competing with other professional sports, and it'd be yeah. tough. I mean, uh, it's like you said, for even just like viewership stuff, that's hard. I mean, the NHL is not attracting more players than the NFL will. It's not going to attract more players than the NBA or even, <clears throat> or even the MLB will. I mean, unfortunately, it's like you said, it's the – 
most unpopular sport of the four major ones in the U.S. So I, I mean, they can't compete with summer viewership. And it's just unfortunate. I mean, one last thing before we close out the episode. I think you wanted to wrap it up, but uh, I forgot to talk, bring it up in the Blackhawks news. I don't know when the hell the Blackhawks are going to sign Ian Mitchell. Like the the wave has started. College free agents are signing. A few WMU guys just signed today. And the Blackhawks are just sitting on their hands, not signing Ian Mitchell. So I'm a little worried. Just a little worried. I mean, they got plenty of time to talk with them about free or about contracts. That's for sure. Stan will fuck it up. <laughs> eight million by eight years. <laughs> no, he's not 34 years old yet. He won't. He won't offer that yet. Um, do either of you guys have anything else before we sort of wrap this episode up for tonight? Because there's not really a flash forward or flashback, obviously, this week. Um, the Red checked... have lost all their games, just saying. That is actually a very, that actually made me think of a very important piece of news, David. The Red Wings have not lost an NHL game in two weeks. That is amazing for the season. Suck it, scrubs. But they also haven't won a game in two weeks, so. <laughs> Don't steal my joy, Nick. Don't steal my joy. Leave his joy alone. No, I mean, just one last note, to, or not even note, just sign off for my standpoint, at least. Just uh, continue to be smart out there, guys. You know, wash we, your goddamn hands. Yeah, wash your hands, shower, brush your teeth. I don't know. Just do everything hygienic. Uh, Stop going to large gatherings, you morons. Uh, just you know, stay just, home. Yeah, play smart. Be smart. You know, just watch out for basically everybody else. Be a good neighbor. You know, just stay high. Just stay home. Stay home. Be healthy, and we're gonna get over this. We're gonna get through this together. Yep. Even if yeah, it's really sports. make up your own sports at home. Have like. Some babies race each other down the hallway. Me and uh, some buddies had an interesting idea for one that while we're all sort of on this quarantine, it's, it's you can even do it with the social distancing thing. Mm-hmm. What you do is you uh, you take like these gigantic base, you take like a baseball bat essentially, and you set golf balls on the tees, and you're essentially like swinging these golf or these uh these baseball bats with one hand trying to hit these golf balls as far as you can. It's kind of fun. We've been doing it the past couple of days. There was a video that was on Twitter today of a sports announcer um, commentating between his two labs on who's eating their food faster. Competitive dog eating. Competitive <laughs> dog eating. I mean, just make, find a way to make yourself have some fun in this, these trying times. and yeah. Read a book, play a video game. Binge watch a TV show. Just stay home. Be safe. Even working out in your own home, you can do that, and that actually is great for your fitness. Push-ups, sit-ups, oh, yeah. crunches. I do a lot of push-ups, and whenever I start doing them and my son sees me, he comes flying down the hall and jumps on my back, so he adds that extra weight to my push-ups. Did you see that uh, that clip of, I think it was Andre Kovatar? He was doing push-ups with his son on his back. Yeah, that's basically what's been happening to me. Although my son likes to jump up and down as I'm doing them, so it just makes it even painful, harder. I don't know. <laughs> You're doing a push up and he's doing a push down, so it's it's yeah. even worse. Uh, it's even better when I'm doing squats and I say, "Do your squats," and he'll like squat down and then jump up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, everybody who's listening to this podcast, like we like we said, you know, practice really like. I hate to say common sense, but really common sense measures, you know, wash your hands. If you're going to cough or sneeze, you know, into your shirt, into like your shoulder. If your hands get dirty, wash them. 
you know, if you get dirty, take a shower or after you're around a lot of people, take a shower. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of really basic things that you can do, which should be almost second nature to help eliminate this spread. Just flatten the curve, everyone. I mean, it it really doesn't take much to uh, really slow the spread of this virus. I mean, obviously don't panic and, you know, do the whole it's coming to get me routine, but you know, just really make smart decisions. That's really the best advice. Make smart decisions. But anyway, I think that's pretty much it for tonight's episode, unless either of you guys have something else to add. Because like I said, we're kind of light this week now that the league is on hiatus. Um, <clears throat> so I'm basically going to wrap the show tonight. And uh, I just want to say this. Uh, for those of you guys who listen to this podcast, unfortunately, uh, Kevin, for whatever reason, has disappeared on us. Um, I have tried texting him. I've tried messaging him on Reddit. And I have not gotten a response back from him in about two weeks now. So we're going to assume that he must be done with the uh, podcast. Um, Kevin, we hope you're doing all right. I I would assume you are. You seem like you're in pretty decent health when we talk. So hopefully you're doing all right. Or maybe this is just temporary hiatus and we haven't been let know. But in the meantime, the Stickblade podcast is currently looking for a Chicago Blackhawks podcast or to help fill that role that is going to be left open right now. So if you're interested, please get in touch with us either by Twitter or on email. The Twitter handle is stickbladepod. It's all one word, no underscores or hyphens or anything like that. And if you want to email us, our email address is stickbladepodcast at gmail.com. Again, no hyphens, no underscores or periods or anything like that. Just all one word. And speaking of those, that's where you can actually find either updates from the show us occasionally posting league stuff so that's really how you can get in touch with us um we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to this show um if you found us on soundcloud or itunes give us the like a follow share whatever the social currency is of the platform we're on both platforms so however you listen to your podcast we're there you can find all of our back episodes there and Unless anybody has anything else to add, this has been another edition of the Stick Blade Podcast. Go Blackhawks and go Red Wings while we're on hiatus, if you can do that.